Hello and welcome to the Fintech Australia podcast, Finney Special, presented by Tier 1 People, leaders in Fintech executive search. With the help of the Victorian government, Focus and BPay, we're bringing you Australia's largest and most prestigious Fintech awards yet. We want you to tune in and pick the winners. And this year, you can join in virtually, in person, or host your own office party. So wherever you are, let's come together and recognize the amazing people Aussie Fintech is renowned for. Go to thefinnies.org.au. GoCardless are sponsoring the Emerging Fintech Leader of the Year Award. GoCardless is taking the pain out of getting paid for businesses with recurring revenue. To everyone at GoCardless, we appreciate your support in making this year's Finneys happen. I'm joined by Patrick Coglin of Credit Watch. Welcome to the show, Patrick. Thanks for having me today. Great to be here. Well, you've been nominated for Emerging Leader of the Year, sponsored by Go Cordless. And what I've got to say, what an incredible group of finalists you're, you're amongst. I've been doing this 20 odd years, and I'm just blown away by the caliber of emerging leadership that we've got. It's, it's just stronger than it's ever been. It is. It is. Uh, I like the term that, you know, has been used before, the depth depth on the uh, on the bench um there's a there's a huge amount of talent out there and it's great to be um recognized with that i'm, I'm actually quite honored and was certainly surprised um, but it's fantastic to be involved in in some great awards and look fintechs just keeps building and building in this country yeah. it's becoming so important yeah well look i mean whatever the outcome is of the result um, congratulations for getting this far to huge achievement in itself patrick yeah, thanks very much. I appreciate it. So, um, Creditor Watch, can you tell us a little bit about the organisation and what you do? Yeah, sure can. So, Creditor Watch is an Australian-based commercial credit reporting bureau. Um, it's used by over 50,000 companies across the country. And ultimately, what we're doing is providing commercial credit risk solutions and information on commercial entities. So, if you're a company that offers you know finance insurance um even you know trade credit on terms um you know offering an invoice not getting paid cod um creditor watch is the solution for you to be able to assess the risk that that customer poses to your business brilliant and how long's the business been going for so we just well, we didn't celebrate, but we just ticked over 10 years. Unfortunately, due to COVID, um, we weren't able to, to do our celebration. And Creditor Watch is certainly known for its, um, its parties and celebrations. So we might have to do an 11-year one. So, yeah, we've been around 11 years now, which is um, yeah, wow. pretty spectacular. Wow. And you're the, one of the founders and CEO, is that right? That's right. I'm, I'm the CEO now. I'd, I'd call myself a founding employee, so Colin Porter was the ultimate founder and he brought me and, a, and our um, previous CTO on from day one. Wow. What a ride, eh? It certainly has been. Someone asked me the other day um, in, an, in an interview when I was interviewing uh, a, a potential new employee who got the job, by the way. Um, 
you know, what, what's your experience been? And I said, it's like having, you know, it's like having been in sort of five different jobs, five different companies, because yeah. you've got that, you know, whiteboard stage startup, yeah. you know, raising capital, um, scale up and, and we've, we've sold, we sold the business actually about three years ago. So we've been through everything. Wow. So, um, I, I guess, you know, what, what I'm really curious about Patrick is, um, you know, 10 years with a business, you must have, you know, I'm assuming developed all of your leadership, um, experience and capabilities whilst with the business and through all those different stages. What would you say now is, you know, being where you're at is your approach to leadership? Sure. So, um, a, a couple of things. One culture has always been you know, really important for us, even from day one, we didn't, we didn't know it, but there was three of us and it was, and it was hard, but it was fun. And we always made time to make sure we enjoyed ourselves. And and that still remains the single most important thing for me. Um, when I'm thinking about leadership and I'm thinking about hiring and, and, and scaling the business. Um, but from a, you know, a sort of leadership values point of view, you know, I, I like to talk about, um, being inclusive, so allowing everyone in the business to, to contribute, um, whether it's, you know, strategically um, putting together white papers around, you know, new business opportunities, revenue opportunities, product, whatever it is. I want everyone, regardless of their title and their tenure, to be able to contribute. And then the other the other, the big key for me is um, autonomy. Um, you know, I've always said, and, and, and it's certainly a tried and tested statement that you know, you want to surround yourself with people who are better at their jobs than you are. So if, if you can do that, then, you know, you shouldn't need to be too involved and um, giving people the confidence to be autonomous is extremely uh, rewarding for them, but important for the business. Um, I think it's kind of, it's always something that, that people mention, you know, that mantra of bringing in people who are smarter than you. Yeah. But I, I'm going to throw this out to you here, Patrick. Go for it. If you're already really talented and we're in a talent short market, <laughs> how do you do that? Touched on something that I think is really critical. Um, is this ability to be able to go on the journey? You know, I, I keep using as an example of when it goes wrong. And Uber is a great example, right, of a founder that starts something, but they're not the person to run a 20,000-person business. And it goes on this very rapid journey of five different businesses in five years. How have you, you know, kind of been able to, one, I guess, keep with it, but also attract the people to get you to that next stage? It's a, it's a good question. And I think, you know, in the early days, the first couple of years, you don't really, you know, you don't really know what you're doing. You're going with it. You're chasing every opportunity when you probably shouldn't be, um, you know, and that's something, you know, in the in the middle years of that ten year journey, we realised we learned to say no to sales opportunities, for example, right? But in those first two or three years, you want every single dollar. Doesn't matter how much Mate, you got sweat it, you got to earn the right to say no, right? That's <laughs> I think that's an important thing. That's exactly right. So you know, you you that that's one example. You learn you know to pick your battles. You learn to um, you know stick with a strategic goal that you may have set. You learn to say no to sales. Um, as the business gets better, you realize, fantastic, we can spend a bit more money on getting, you know, a, an experienced manager or GM or um, middle manager, whatever it is, someone who, mm. you know, probably costs a little bit more, but you can now justify it and you also can understand the value of that. Um, and then, you know, in the last, in the last sort of 
you know, two, three years, we've been able to to take that up a step and, and, and get some, yeah. some really talented people on board. But also, um, you know, they don't need to be, you know, older or GM level. It's just people who have had experience in, in the stage of business that, that you're going through yeah. at, at that stage. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important. You know, we see a lot of hires go wrong in the industry, not because the wrong person was hired, got the right person it was just the wrong time or the wrong stage of the business to bring them in that that's that's exactly right yeah and and i look back at certain people that we've had on board that that, you know that may not be with us now um but would be perfect (laughs) perfect for us at this stage you know we've just pulled the trigger a little bit too early yeah um so it's been a horrid time for anybody to be a leader um you know unprecedented challenges for us all to face, and we've had to lead um, in isolation as well. What what have what have you found has had to change from your leadership style to be able to navigate through the, the COVID period? Yeah, look, it's, it certainly has been very very challenging. You know, you you think about those early days in you know even Feb sort of March when no one real no one was too worried about it. There were obviously people out there who were who were you know, smarter than me and thought, yep, this is going to be really damaging and, you know, trying to keep calm and talk positively about it. And then all of a sudden you've got to, you know, either stand people down, let people go or, you know, put people on, you know, reduced salaries is, is really tough when, you know, you've been a, particularly for us, we've been a, you know, a growing business that's just done nothing but win for 10 years. Um, and, you know, but you got to prepare for the worst. So, you know, doing, doing that, being the leader to do that is, um, you know, that comes with its challenges. Um, keeping people engaged, you know, culture is a huge thing for us. It's the reason people stay with, with Creditor Watch. We have like a retention rate of, you know, high 90s in terms of staff. Um, but if everyone's working from home. So what what is it? If, I hope you don't mind me asking, right? But I'm just so fascinated by this and it's obviously, you know, it's what I do. What is it you would say about your culture that's got that retention rate? Because I mean, that's, yeah. that's massive. Yeah. So, um, I, it's funny, in interviews, I always talk about the Sunday blues, you know, and I think it's, um, it's, it's probably something that everyone either goes through regularly or has gone through at one stage in their, in yeah. their life. You know, um, yeah. a number of years ago, it's probably, you know, five, six years ago, I was sitting on, sitting on the beach on a Sunday afternoon having a beer with my mates. Sun's going down, perfect. And, you know, we're talking about, oh, work the next day. And someone said, oh, you know, what about you, Patrick? And I said, you know what? can't wait to go to work tomorrow i love it i've got good people yeah. around me um you know I, I have fun um it's it's a destination you know creditor watch as, as an office has become a destination for people that's what i think about it so you know most of us have got to work i don't i don't have a trust fund unfortunately that i can retire on um you know so if you've got to work then you know you want to be you want to be working somewhere um that you enjoy and you look forward to going to so if um, if I can create that for myself, I feel like I've created it for my staff as well. I wanted to have a chat with you as well around, I guess, some of the you know, um, you know kind of initiatives that you might have put in place to to get that retention as well. Is it you got any kind of special tricks or any advice that you want to share with some of our listeners? Is it what's worked? Yeah, well yeah, definitely. You? So um, there's two 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 that sort of jump out. I'd say about. Uh, uh, six seven years ago what we started to do was we had a um 
what we call it a monthly hoedown, which is, you know, a town hall. And I, I still can't, I've got to go back and work out why we call, call it a hoedown, but I think someone had a, um, a cowboy hat and a, you know, fake pistol. And so we just called it a, a hoedown. And, <laughs> and ultimately, you know, we get first Friday of every month, we get everyone together. Back then it was a little bit easier. That was probably only you know, 10 or 15 of us. Um, and we go through, you know, sales results, um, development, what, you know, what's been released, what we're working on, marketing wins. You know, we talk about wins, talk about losses. And through that, we've been quite um, transparent um, for, for years and years now around financials. You know, um, I know some companies keep those financials quite close to their chest, but, you know, we have been um, pretty transparent and now we are, you know, extremely transparent. You know, we're telling people everything. Um, so I think that's really important because it, it, it really engages the employees and they see that, you know, the company's doing well and winning or, you know, if, if it's a lean, you know, month or two, it, it's, it's a good motivator for them to knuckle down and, and get the numbers back to where they should be. Um, it gives them a sense of really contributing to the success um, of the business. So, so that's been one of them, having, having that um, monthly hoedown as well as, um, you know, an, an employee voted awards within that. How's, how's that gone with, with COVID, right? Because I would imagine that might be, you know, it's great when you win yeah. it, but when you know, you're hit with something like COVID, have you had to change that or have you maintained that transparency? No, we've, with we've maintained it. We've maintained it. And I think it's probably even more important um, now. Yeah. Mate, I was going to say that's a sign of true leadership, yeah. right? It's when you're prepared yeah, to share right. that. It's, um, I think it's really, really important now to, to be able to share that because, one, you know, we're not shirking the sort of seriousness of, of the situation. Two, we've, we've um, you know, we probably only got really affected for a couple of months there. Um, and, it, you know, when everyone, you know, yeah. stops spending, um, we're a subscription-based business. So it's the sort of business you want to be in and, and we're in credit mm. risk, you know, in middle of a recession. That's We've always said we're recession-proof and we actually get to yeah. test, test that statement that we've been making for years. So um, it shows the true picture of, you know, of the business and, and we're not, um, you know, either letting people go or reducing salaries for a period of time just for the sake of it. We've, we've done it because, look, these are the results. And, and when they when they came back, we, we were able to, um, you know, get back to where we wanted to be. So, yeah, we, we did continue with that. And it's um, I'd, I'd like to think it's been well received. Fantastic. And so what does the future hold for credit? Award? Look, um, it's, that's a very good question. You know, we're, we're still growing. I still look at us as a startup. We're still growing, you know, uh, what are we going to do? 60, 70%, or maybe even 100%, depending on a couple of contracts that we're waiting on in terms of revenue growth. Um, we've, we've become very profitable in the last couple of years. So, you know, we're looking at, you know, acquisitions. But just looking at our core product, we, we still see ourselves as only having such a small portion of the market. And, um, if we can, we can certainly just mm. focus on that and not get distracted by, by other shiny things out there. Um, you know, Creditor Watch can, can be a seriously successful and big business that, that, that really affects a, a huge part of, um, you know, the commercial landscape. You know, if you, you, you need, you need credit yeah. reports, you know, people in, people outside of sort of credit reporting or finance probably don't understand the, the importance of it. But I think, you know, in this, in this sort of space, in the fintech space especially, you know, we've invested extremely heavily in, in automation and APIs and integration, mm. um, and that is uh, that has ultimately um, been been a really really uh, successful strategy for us because we can just move so quickly and and if we don't have something, we build it. You know, and we're building it fast, so we, we've still got that flexibility as a small business, which is nice. 
Um, so we're going to wrap up. Patrick, is there anything else that you wanted to add before we, we wrap up the show? Um, look, I think just a, a, a big thank you to FinTech Australia again and, and for, for taking the time to put this on. No doubt it's been um, pretty tough given the you know the nature of COVID. Um, so it's great that it was still able to go to go along. And I think, um, you know, the, the, the fintech community and, and market and industry is it's certainly very, very healthy um, and growing nicely and it's just full of innovation. So it's great to see. It's, it's really impressive. Is Well, mate, congratulations. I'm glad I'm not one of the judges <laughs> because I really cannot be yeah. a winner. <laughs> I mean, all of you are so remarkable. It's just, it's fantastic. I appreciate that, Dexter. Thanks for your time today. <laughs>